I live in Israel. This season is dedicated to the memory of the 1,400 of my countrymen who were massacred on October 7th, and the 240 people that were kidnapped and are being held hostage by the terrorist organization Hamas. Hopefully they will be returned to their families as soon as possible, and hopefully this terrible war will be able to come to a peaceful end very soon. Welcome to Minute 20 of Season 6 of Move Around Minute, the daily podcast where we take a Capra-esque journey through the 1946 classic, It's a Wonderful Life, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again in order to finish off week number four is Nick Rehack of the Rabbit Hole Podcast. Welcome back to the show, Nick. Thank you for having me back. It's weird to think that it's already the end of the week and that we've gone through so much, so much already. That is true. That is true. But uh, hopefully, hopefully you'll you'll be back in subsequent seasons. You know, so it, it like won't be a complete. I think I will one. be, but you never know. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I'll, I'll have to try and think of, of movies that you've never seen. You there know. you go. <laughs> you've you've been nailing it so far. So that's right. I I know. I know. <laughs> Minute twenty begins with uh, Peter getting in the last word and ends with Violet showing up. So yesterday we were finishing up the conversation between George and Peter and, you know, George makes a decision that he's actually going to go, go to the party and he starts standing up. And as he's standing up, this minute begins and Peter then says, have a good time, son. You know, this, this is unfortunately the last time we're going to hear from Peter in this movie, but uh, you know, the, the, this week proves how, how great of a character he is. Absolutely. It does. Yeah. And then uh, they, they, they have a very nice wipe, uh, you know, changing the scene. And then we, we can see like a, a banner that says uh, uh, Bedford Falls uh, High School, class of 1928. So once again, they're, they're reminding us that we are in 1928. Uh, so once again, George is still 21 at this point. And Harry is two years his junior. We see an orchestra playing. You know, you can see some of the members of the orchestra. I mean, they 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 really went out to have a a very big type of party here, to a graduation party, or maybe it's the prom or something like that. Not really sure uh, how you would how you would you know how would you call it, but you know. Yeah, they, I would think a a prom or some kind of homecoming dance. Either way, a lot of people, a lot of dancing and pie. Yes. Uh, well, only three pies that we know. That's true. You, know, you gotta you gotta wait around to to, to see all the pies. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I mean, I actually was thinking about the fact. I mean, the, the, you know, if if this is a prom, so what what is the definition of the term prom? Like, where does it come from? I would assume it comes from prom, as in like promenade or some type of just display where people are kind of coming out and here's all these dresses and gowns. And then eventually I think the dancing and that thing sort of came into it. But I think it was more of just a very formal like presentation of. So, I mean, you, you, it, like the, the term promenade, if you think uh, basically is 
I mean, I've, I've never even thought about it before as to what, what it actually, where it comes from. Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, you just think of it as, okay, it's the prom. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's become its own thing. It's its own, you know, word in its own world, too. Yes, you were correct. It is called a promenade dance. Okay, which Damn. is, re- that's right, which is referred to uh, as the, the prom. So it's a dance party for high school students. Uh, it's usually semi-formal black tie or informal suits and evening gowns for girls. Uh, it's usually, it's typically held at the end of the, the school year. Uh, sometimes they would have separate proms. Some places have separate proms for 11th and 12th grades. Uh, sometimes they can be combined together. Usually you, you have, uh, you know, voting and they have a, a prom king and a prom queen. Mm-hmm. What's known as a prom court, you know, with, with those are the, the, you know, the ideas of the queen and princess and, and king and prince and, you know, everyone uh, works around that, you know, in order to get, to give them crowns and things like that. Sometimes yep. sashes, the, the, the history of it. When, when do you think they started uh, doing these, these type of official proms? I would say, I would say best so far back as to like the early 1900s, like 1910, 19, 19- 11 some somewhere after post world war 1 so let's say 1920 okay it goes that back even further further than that that uh, the the uh, earliest recording of an official uh you know dance called a prom was in 1894 okay where Amherst College and Smith College for women had a gathering between the students of both colleges oh, that's kind of cool yeah and basically you know, they only started real, really recording them when they they started having yearbooks, right? So when did you think? They, when do you think they started with the yearbooks? So the yearbook, I'll say, because then obviously they had documentation. Night. You know, that's that's the whole thing. Once you have the yearbooks, then you had more documentation, so you had pictures and stuff like that, and stories and articles. I would say 1920. I'll stick with I'll stick with 1920. Right. Okay. Well, the okay. So you're, again, you're close. The it started in the in the early 30s. Okay. And, you know, the, the idea of, of using the word prom or promenade was just a, a fancy description in order to talk about, you know, this, this regular type of, uh, you know, junior or senior class dance. And that's how it started out. And then it, it turned into something that, got, that had a much larger than life uh, uh, meaning for high school students themselves. By that the way, is true. I remember, it. yeah, I can remember in high school being like, it's the most important thing ever is to have a date to prom. I right. mean, obviously now in life, way more important things, but I can remember like it being like the thing. And I was so nervous too. Oh, well. <laughs> and in, in the fifties, when, when people started, uh, you know, making more money and things like that. So they started making the prom more extravagant and elaborate. Uh, something similar to what, what we, you know, are used to seeing today in movies and things like that. Yep. And it basically ended up becoming the pinnacle event of any high school student's social life. You know, whether you you, you go to the prom or you're asked to the prom or things like that. So yeah, and now it's it's even gotten even more elaborate. With you know, you see these videos online of like you know people asking other or students asking other students to prom and how big those gestures have gotten and how it's like really just be- becoming a bigger and bigger thing. Yeah. 
and it's also they've they've changed it. It's no longer the idea of people coming as couples. Uh, you know, nowadays people go in groups or they just everyone goes individually or whatever it is. You know, it's not as much of a status symbol that you need to make sure you have a prom date. You know, that type of thing. We were we were kind of on that cusp. I had a date because I had a girlfriend at the time, thankfully, but a group of us went at the same time. So even though we like everybody was kind of it was, I think. 10 or 12 of us so we each had our own like a certain date sure but we were all at like the same table we were all like in the same vicinity you know dancing and stuff like that so i think we were right on that cusp of it becoming more of a group activity right which is okay. fun and, and that's what it should be like you should just be celebrating with your best friends at the time right makes sense and uh an interesting tidbit is that uh, uh susan ford you know the daughter of gerald ford in 1975, she became the first uh, uh, first president's uh, daughter to actually have her prom in the White House. They did it in the East Room of the White House. I bet that was wild. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with all the Secret Service guys hanging out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, <laughs> just being very careful. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and we thought Harry, you know, wants to get a little bit of gin in here. I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> and don't forget, this was the mid-70s. So, you know, they, they it might have been a, a very interesting party to have in, in, the, in, in the White House. I imagine yeah. so. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we, so back to, to the scene, we have the, the orchestra and the band playing. And then we, we see Harry, George... And a few of uh, the friends, you know, are, are partying. And as they're walking through, they're, they're carrying a lot of, like, dishes. Did, did you by any chance see how many dishes he ended up taking? Remember, at the beginning of the week, we were talking about the fact that, you know, he wanted he was trying to convince his mother to let him take dishes to, to, the, uh, to, to the prom, right? Or to the, right. to the dance, right? So uh, I actually took the time to, to count how many dishes he's holding there. What would be your guess? I didn't even see the dishes. I just saw the initial pies that no, were so being George is carrying the pies, but Harry right. is, is is holding a stack of, of plates. Some are larger, some are are, are smaller. If you if you go, go back if you go I don't, to I don't second that, five, go look. you can look in second five of the of this minute and you'll be able to see that. Mm. Okay. I'll have to I'll have to go and look and do that. Um oh gosh. I I guess I'll just maybe he got two dozen like twenty four. You're off by one. There are twenty five. <laughs> yeah. Which is which is great because he did say to his mother he needs uh, a couple dozen. You know, yeah, that was that was true. that was the actual thing of what he said. So he apparently you know was able to get a couple dozen and you know just happened to grab one more. <laughs> he got him, and that's yeah, what matters. Right. One one for good luck. <laughs> but what's what's really interesting is you see how crowded this room is. Yeah. You know, we were talking uh, the other day about about how Bedford Falls is is a relatively small, you know, it's it seems like a small community, but you know, they they have a lot of people in this uh, graduating class. It it like a lot now that you mentioned, you know, the size of the town and and 
and you know kind of what we discussed throughout the week there is a handful and not only that but there's like a band and there's like people up top kind of watching over and everything like it's it's truly like the whole town is out for this seemingly but it's just the young people of the town right that's right and then uh you know as george is, is walking through the crowd he goes excuse me and then someone screams there you are and then we have someone say george hello you know, a lot of people are, are 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 talking and stuff. Here, George is only carrying two pies, so I don't. Maybe they ate the third pie on the way. I don't know. Could be. <laughs> Could be. But but what's what I find even more interesting is is why is George carrying the pies? Because if Harry left earlier, and let's say George only leaves five ten minutes later, you know Harry's already inside. He wasn't sitting and waiting outside for George to show up to help him carrying the pies. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Why would he be carrying pies? Unless he he took other pies. Mm, and we didn't see him. It's possible. No, but actually, I wouldn't think that because now that I'm, when I think about it, it makes more sense that you know that Harry already bought the pies, brought the pies because you know if they would have made X number of pies or whatever it is, I mean, we know at least three. You know, the idea was that that George wasn't going to be going. So why would they have more pies at home for him to take? So maybe, maybe he just happened to catch Harry still outside, you know, when he's unloading the car or whatever it is. And he's like, Hey, I'll help you. And I'll, I'll take those pies. Let me take those pies. Could be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, if I say that very different conversation, because the pie not making it to the table, I'm taking it right home. <laughs> <laughs> I love well, that. it depends on what kind. I mean, do you do you have a preference? Not really. Uh, I mean, well, I, I I'm a huge pecan pie kind of guy, but I pie in general, I'm a fan. Okay, see, for me, it's either apple or blueberry. Those those are the only ones I'll touch. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, and, and you can't tell what type of pies these are. Yeah, they they never mention it. We just know they're pies. I'm going to assume Apple, but we do not know. Uh, no, but maybe they made one this way and one that way. You know, that you know, you need a little bit of variety. You can't just have everything. You know, you, you can't just say, oh, I'm going to bring three apple. You know, he's, he's in charge of the Eats Committee. He can't bring just three apple pies. He's got to bring, you know, one apple pie, one pecan pie, and one uh, cherry pie. I don't know. That's true. That's true. There has to be, yeah. Yeah, he's got to mix it up a little bit. Okay. You know, we don't we don't know what the official pie of Bedford Falls is. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's got to know. I'm sure it's somewhere like buried in the notes of, you know, the filmmakers or somewhere in the script. There's got to be something that tells us. The script does not say, I mean, I, I do have a copy of the script. The script doesn't say that, doesn't tell us, uh, you know, what kind of pies they are. Huh. It, it does okay. say that he's carrying pies, but it doesn't, doesn't say, you know, what kind of pies they are, which actually would, would, would be interesting. It would be, you know, an uh, added information that they don't necessarily need. <laughs> you know, but uh, uh, let me just look quickly through here and see if it says it. Uh, oh, just says Harry carrying pies in each hand and balancing one in his head. He doesn't say what, huh. what kind of pie it is. And then when when they get okay. to 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 the uh, party itself, it just says he and Harry are carrying plates and pies. That's all it says. Hmm. Okay. All right. Doesn't doesn't mention what kind of this. 
Uh, One day we'll find they, out. They want to just leave it to our imagination to try and figure out what mm-hmm. kind of buying. Well, I, you know, which I, is, which I is like very kind your, of. I like your reasoning. It is. <laughs> well, you know, it's 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 all supposition, so why not? <laughs> yeah. And you know, as as they're walking through, so there there there's a bit of a conversation going on between different people, and then Harry introduces George to somebody and says, uh, "You know, my kid brother George, I'm going to put him through college." <laughs> which which is a little ironic because that is what he's theoretically doing because if 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 Harry needs to go work in the building alone right now so therefore that that does mean that the money that he's earning there is what's going to be paying for you know uh, I guess part of George's tuition That is true yeah yeah, especially because somebody has to take a place and kind of, you know, help make money, and it's him. So that right. is one way to spin it for sure. That's right. And I, th- I think also Harry is – he seems like he's the most popular kid in the class. You know, he's he's running the show. He's he's the, the man of the hour, as I guess you would say. He's for sure running the Eats Committee. That's right. <laughs> that we know. That is true. <laughs> And then uh, someone else shows up and and goes, hello, George. And he goes, hee-haw. And then George looks at him and goes, oh, Sam Wainwright. How are you? When did you get here? Oh, this afternoon. I thought I'd give the kids a treat. Old college graduate now. Yep. Old Joe College Wainwright, they call me. So (laughs) it's actually very funny. I mean, we, we obviously saw Sam at the, you know, in the first scene of, or one of the first scenes of the movie, you know, when they're playing on the ice because you had them all doing the hee haws, mm-hmm, you know, so mm-hmm. it's, it's taking us back to that, that they're still, you know, talking about, uh, they're still using that same, uh, calling card, I guess you can say, you know, even though it's, uh, 10 years later, you know, they're, they're always going with the hee haws, which I, I, but I really like that. I I have a lot of inside jokes with friends that are she's coming on 20 years now. And it's nice to just pull it out every so often and see if they remember it, too. Like, it's just this it's this nice bonding thing, no matter how goofy it is. And right. it's not like it's hurtful either. Like, it's just fun and almost goofy little, you know, moose thing. And then. That's right. I like it now. I mean, his his name is Sam Wainwright. Do you, do you know what a Wainwright is? Ooh, I, I want to say singer, but that's only because of like Rufus Wainwright and Loud and Wainwright. <laughs> um, I'm gonna stick with singer, even though I don't think it's correct. Uh, no, it is not correct. Um, and the truth is, I had totally forgotten what it means. And then when I looked it up, it reminded me that that I am familiar with it. A Wainwright is also known as a Cartwright. Okay, and it is the the trade. The person skilled in the making and repairing of wagons and carts. Huh. Okay. A wain okay. is a large wagon that was, that was used for, for farm use. And a right means uh, someone who's a worker. So oh, they, someone who makes right. Okay. That's right. And, uh, you know, a, a wainwright, it could be someone who will employ different types of craftsmen, including wheelwrights, blacksmith, painters, stuff like that. Okay. I like that. Yeah. 
And it's also a, a last name that has uh, that goes back very, very far. It goes back till 12, 1237 in Essex. Whoa, that is yeah. far back. I was mm-hmm. not expecting that old. Yeah. I mean, I only know, could think of one Wainwright uh, besides Sam Wainwright. It was uh, Adam Wainwright, who was, who was a pitcher for the Cardinals. I used to have him on my uh, fantasy football, uh, fantasy baseball league. And I remember <laughs> I one time picked him and then, you know, he blew out his arm in spring training. I, I was not happy that year. <laughs> I would imagine so. <laughs> because they wouldn't let me, they wouldn't let me get rid of him, uh, you know, so simply. Oh, it's lame. Yeah. But what can you do? <laughs> yeah, but none of the other Wainwrights that I looked up uh, are really, you know, I wasn't familiar with any of them. Okay. Okay. And then, you know, he continues his conversation with uh, with Sam. And then and then Sam looks at him and looks at George and goes, well, freshman, looks like you're going to make it after all, huh? <laughs> so, you know, it got me thinking, where, where did the terms, you know, for freshman and sophomore and junior and senior, like, where, where does all this come from? Do you have any idea? You know what? I I – was curious about this myself last year. Uh, a couple coworkers, their kids were graduating, moving on from uh, middle school into high school, and I was thinking, like, you know, we we were talking about the names and and how we have them. And I remember reading the Wikipedia article about it, and but I have done zero retention whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> if if I had to think, I would assume it dates back to like. Olden times with, uh, you know, monasteries and different levels of, of teaching. I feel like that's way off base. So I'm just going to go with not 100% sure. Please enlighten me. Okay. Well, first of all, you are very correct that it, that it is an old term. It goes back very far. A freshman it, it dates all the way back to the 1590s. Wow. Okay. Okay. Where it, it usually it means either a newcomer or a novice. So it makes okay. sense. Yeah, that makes you know, sense. A fresh man. Yeah. That's right. You're a fresh man. You're just, you know, showing up and uh, that. So then you have a sophomore. Well, where do you think that comes from and what, is, what do you think it means? I would say it's a weird kind of backwards way of saying like they kind of they understand what's going on. There's a sophistication there. So like it, they're more sophisticated than what a freshman would be. Okay, that makes sense because I mean it, the the word sophos is a Greek term for wise, mm-hmm. but moros is a Greek term for foolish or dull. So they it basically was was used as a joke where they would call them wise morons. <laughs> I'm gonna start using that now. That's I right. like that a wise moron. <laughs> I yes. like that a lot, and it. That goes back to the uh, mid 1600s, and uh, it basically meant, you know, it was it could have been, you know, the the idea that, that that someone who's arguing, you know, someone who's who's smarter than than just being there the first time, but they're, you know, they're they're still not there yet, you know, they're on their way, <laughs> right? So okay, moving along to junior, where do you think that one comes from? Junior, um, I would assume that just 
you know, they've they just kind of know what's happening. They get it. I I would say. <sighs> it's weird because when you hear junior, you think of like someone's name, like if if you know, what I mean, like Nick and then, you know, passing on the name, you know, to a Nick junior or Nick the third, that kind of thing. Um, so I would say not quite a senior. So they would go with junior. I think that's it. It's just kind of based off of like names and things. So they're like, oh, you're not quite a senior. You're the junior. You're almost almost there. You are completely right. It it basically means, hey, you got it again, Nick. It basically means the younger of of the two. Mm. So you know okay. they're looking at a junior and senior because they they so the 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 term junior goes all the way back to the 13th century. Whoa. Okay. You're right. And that's catching me off guard because I wouldn't think I wouldn't think it predates well junior in a sense of of naming someone so never mind right. never mind that makes sense. okay <laughs> I mean I I couldn't tell you when they started using it to talk about you know someone in their third year of 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 college or in eleventh grade or whatever it is but the idea is is that you know they're 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 not they're they're not at the point of being an upperclassman you know that's what it comes down to so they're 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 the junior between the two. And then obviously you have the senior ever since 1741. That, that's basically, it's meant a, a fourth year student, stu, uh, a fourth year student, you know, an advanced student, you know, someone right. who is, is, you know, he's a senior. So he's one step above the other, the others. And then I found a whole bunch of interesting uh, facts about uh, high school and different things like that, that, uh, what do you think the dropout rate uh, is high school? Currently? Yeah. Let's see. My senior class was 220 down to 180. I would say it's a 23% dropout rate. 7%. That's it. Wow. Okay. I am not as optimistic. As no, I- but but no, but you, you have to realize you have to take all of the, you know, it's not just where Nick studied. You know, it's it's every. Mm, that's true. It's from all over the place. So. <laughs> that's true. It can't always be about me. That's right. It can, but but this particular thing is not. Okay, how many freshmen do you think there are in a given year? Uh, obviously, in general, in in colleges, in the U.S. Colleges. Okay, so if we remember our conversation, we know there's about fifty one hundred, and if we're multiplying by, I would, let's go with. Oh, but then you got there's also massive universities with thousands and thousands of people. Let's say there's 352,000. 4.3 million. <laughs> so you, you, you're, I was only you're, off you're, by 4 million. That's right. You're, you're in the ballpark. But. <laughs> I got the point three at least. <laughs> that is wild. I was not expecting such a big number. Yeah. <laughs> that's great, though. If that is yes. that is great. Yes. Now, how many? Uh, how much money do you think uh, college students owe in student loans? It's got to be in the trillions. Let's 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 go with four point three trillion. According to the data I've here, it's one point oh eight trillion. But that's still uh, still a lot. lot. That's yeah. still so much. Mm-hmm. And that 40% of all the students who, who have to pay back student loans uh, owe more than $10,000. Mm. And in 40% of households headed by anyone 34 and under still owe student debt. Yeah. That is, that's, a, that's, that's a bummer. I mean, and, and I hate to just, you know, reduce it to just be, it being a bummer. But it, it's a bummer. That's just 
it man it stinks but unfortunately that's the way it is <laughs> yeah yep and you know i i i love the way that that sam basically says you know that i, I wanted to, i thought i'd give the kids a treat you know and the, the the idea being you know that he graduated let's say two years ago or four years ago whatever it is you know so he wants to to treat them that they get to see you know sam wainwright show up yeah my presence is a present <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i i think it's it it comes from the fact that you know i mean i remember after i graduated it was always nice to go back and see you know friends of mine that were in earlier grades and show up you know because here i'm the graduate and i'm no longer there you know that type of thing so like oh, you sure. know, when, when you're visiting and stuff like that you know just to you know say hello to the old teachers and things like that same same type of idea so i think that's more or less what what he's saying here yeah that makes sense yeah i like that mm-hmm. and and then sam uh you know gets gets closer to harry and goes well harry you're actually the guy i want to see he goes hey hey sam he goes Coaches heard all about you. He has? Yeah, he's followed every game. And his mouth's watering. He wants him to find out if you're going to come along with us. Well, uh, i got to make some dough first. Well, you better make it fast. We need great ends like you. <laughs> and then he turns to George and goes, not broken down old guys like this one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because two-year difference is the, the world's end over here. Well, apparently <laughs> this young spry guy, two years later, old and broken down. <laughs> yeah. Now, what, what 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 I find really interesting is, is that, you know, they're sending Sam to be a recruiter or, you know, that, you know, they, they know that there's this kid in Bedford Falls who who is a great football player. So, hey, we're going to send Sam to, to go there and and convince him to come to our, our college or university or whatever. Oh, it is. Wow. I didn't even think about that. And what, what's that's term, really slick. What, what's the term? Boosters? Yeah, is, boosters. Is, Sam, is Sam a booster? <laughs> I wonder. I'm sure he is in some way. I mean, because we know that, that he turns into a pretty good entrepreneur through the course of the, the yeah. movie. You know, so you, you'd think that he is the type of guy who, who will be, you know, paying, paying back to his, uh, to his alma mater. You know. But then it made me think, if Harry is such a great player, wouldn't anyone try and offer him a scholarship? And if he got a scholarship, then he wouldn't have to worry about his his uh, father and mother and brother scraping together money in order to send him off to college. Well, were scholarships a thing back then? Or I'm not. I'm sure they were a thing, but were was it something that is? more prevalent like it is today so it, it it goes back even to the 1870s they were they were Whoa. providing they were providing financial support and incentives to athletes and it was not uncommon at this time for non-students to participate in order to increase the success of a team in 1895 they, they recruited a farm boy to play football at the university of kansas <laughs> that sounds about right <laughs> in 1905 they created the ncaa in order to add regulation and supervision of uh, college athletes throughout the U.S. Mm-hmm. Likely story. Sounds like a front. <laughs> right. And then the NCAA started dealing with the fact of, of uh, student funding and uh, alumni sponsorship. And this is already in the 30s that they're talking about this. So I, I, at, in 1928, it seems as if this is something that they did 
uh, did do at the time. Mm. Yeah. You, okay. You, so uh, maybe maybe the college that uh, Sam is in is isn't one that that's able to give scholarships. I don't know. That's possible. I could see that for sure. Yeah. Sam, you know, gives gives his uh, little goodbye by saying he off. Yeah. Moves on. <laughs> And then someone else comes up to, to to George, an older man, and he goes, George, welcome back. And he goes, hello, Mr. Partridge. How are you? So we can we can pretty much understand from this that he's the principal of, of the school. Yeah. So, you know, but but it's funny, George, welcome back. George still lives in the town. He hasn't gone anywhere. <laughs> you know, he must see him going to the grocery store or whatever it is. Yeah, that is kind of weird that he would say "Welcome back" and not like "Oh, hey, pleasant, happy see you here," you know, something like that. That's right. And then he says something really strange to to, to George, which we'll only completely understand next week. But he says putting a pool under this floor was a great idea, saved us another building. Yeah, that really threw me when I first heard that line. I was like, "What?" <laughs> and and no, my question about that is is that is he saying to George, "This was your idea, George. It was a great idea." You know, is, is that what he's trying to, to emphasize here, that the idea was George's idea? Could be. Because – and that could kind of hint too at the previous conversation with his father, how he's talking about he wants to build things and plan cities. And I mean, yeah, you know, building a pool isn't the biggest, but it's a start. Yeah, but I, I get the impression that George is not uh, working in the – you know, work, working in that business yet. <laughs> yeah, there is that too. Okay. You know, I think he's only still, you know, uh, dreaming of it, and he hasn't gone gone forth and, uh, you know, built things, even in his little town of uh, Bedford Falls. So I don't know. And I mean, again, it's it's a great way to foreshadow something that's going to happen next week. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, with without as you said, without without reala- realizing at the time that this is what they're talking about. Yeah. Departures looks over at Harry and at Sam and he goes, Harry, Sam, have a lot of fun. There's lots of stuff here to eat and drink. And then he goes, and lots of pretty girls around too. <laughs> Everybody's just obsessed with these pretty girls, man. That's right. <laughs> they're 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 trying to start a matchmaking service in, in at the uh, yeah, it seems Bedford so. Falls High School uh, dance party. Yeah, <laughs> and why is he telling them about the food? Harry knows he's on the eats committee. He would clearly know the food that's there. That's right, but uh, but apparently, you know, he doesn't know that he's on the eats committee. <laughs> oh, that's true. It could be so far delegated out that he just knows people are right. on it, but he doesn't yeah. know which people. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say that the 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 the, the principal knows you know who's on the eats committee. That's true. You know, he he's just glad that there's a lot of good food to food food. There's, there's stuff to eat and drink and, and look at pretty girls, which could be a little suspicious if the, uh, you know. Yeah, it's a little if, borderline. If the me. principal is saying that. But, <laughs> but he, he isn't referring to it to himself. He's He wants to help out the uh, the younger generation. The youths. That's right. The youth, <laughs> youths. As, uh, as Vincent Gambini would say. <laughs> the youths. Youths. What's a youth? <laughs> And and then the the response that he gets from from George is he basically says to him, "Oh, don't worry about the girls." <laughs> <laughs> and then we we hear someone say a third dance, a third, and then we we see Violet show up there. George says to her, "Hello, Violet," and she looks at him in a very seductive way. She goes, "Hello." 
<laughs> and, Flicking the old dance card around. That's right. And that that's how this minute will end. So did you have anything else you want to say about this minute before before we get into today, today's segment? I like the dance card. I don't know what it is, but I, I like the concept back then of like, hey, I'm going to dance. And these are all the people that I'm scheduled to dance with and not just, you know, something organic and just kind of letting it happen. I don't know. I, I just it makes me smile for some reason. OK, that, that's a good reason to smile. <laughs> yeah. All right. Great. So every Friday we have a segment called Oscar Oops. So uh, as as I mentioned before, this movie was nominated for Best Picture in 1946. Uh, it did not win, you know, but sometimes there are movies that when you look back and you say, how did they make that type of decision? Now, I'm a big fan of the best years of our lives. So, you know, I, I it, it's hard for me to say which of the two I think is a better movie and better deserving of Best Picture. But, you know, over the 90 plus years that we've had the the Oscars, uh, there have been many controversial choices and, uh, you know, everyone has their opinion as to which movies they think should have won. What I decided to do was hear from all my guests their opinion on which five movies they think sh- should have won the top Oscar. Obviously, the, the only caveat being that it must be one of the movies that was nominated that year for Best Picture. So, Nick, if you were a voter at the Oscars... What are you? What what movies would would you have voted for, uh, for Best Picture, that uh, that ended up not winning? The first one that came to me, and as soon as I read this, I was like, "Ooh, I know. Um, this is my number one with a bullet." Is two thousand number one? Wait, one second, one second. Why are you going with the number one? You should be going with number five. That's fair. I'll start at five. Yeah. I'm just so passionate about the number one. That <laughs> okay, so keep us in suspense just for a few more. <laughs> Well, starting at my number five, uh, in 1964, My Fair Lady won the Oscar, and I feel like it should have went to Dr. Strangelove. Dr. Strangelove is so outrageously funny, and I know comedies don't really get a lot of love when it comes to the Academy Awards, especially – uh, you know, when it for acting awards and some writing gets it and every so often one will get a picture. But Dr. Strangelove is a phenomenal film. And I think it it has such a grander and greater importance than what My Fair Lady does. And I feel like My Fair Lady is kind of like a safe pick, if that makes okay. any yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. My number four is from 1994. I personally do not care for Forrest Gump. Uh, and I really like Pulp Fiction, so I think Pulp Fiction should have beat out Forrest Gump that year. Okay. Uh, my number three pick, 2002. I think that The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, is a superior film to Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. And I feel like Return of the King winning the Oscar was just an Oscar for like the entire trilogy that Peter Jackson put out. Mm-hmm. So I feel The Two Towers should have beaten out Chicago for Best Picture in 2002. Yeah, there were, there were a lot of movies that could have beaten out Chicago <laughs> on that list. Yeah, there's a whole, a whole lot of them. Uh, my number two pick uh, in 2010, uh, The King's Speech won. I do not like The King's Speech. I think it's a very boring, very basic, just bland film. And how it ever was nominated for so much is beyond me. Uh, I really feel like The Social Network should have won. I think that The Social Network – as of this recording, is Fincher's crowning achievement. 
is the best film he's done so far. And I don't think it was acknowledged as such. I think it should have just run the gambit and taken it all. But that's just me. Uh, And my number one, uh, and I, I just passionate about it in 2007, there will be blood should have won best picture and beat out no country for old men. I am a huge Paul Thomas Anderson fan. He's my favorite living director. Uh, I think the film is an absolute masterpiece. I think there will be blood should be required viewing for anyone that considers themselves a film lover or cinephile or just any just fan of the moving pictures, artwork, medium, just anything. I think there will be blood should be required viewing. It is such a masterwork of a film and to see it lose to no country for old men really irks me now don't get me wrong i've come around to no country for old men i enjoy the movie i think it's good but i don't think it holds a candle next to there will be blood i think there will be blood is leagues ahead of what no country for old men is okay that's fair and those are those are my five all right great so for one final time this season would you like to tell people where they can find nick rehack for the last time this season people can find me at rabbit hole podcast on the uh, music heavy podcast Lyrical Innuendo or the Mystery Science Theater 3000 heavy program Play MST for me. You can also find me over on Instagram at that rehack. Uh, and I'm over on Rehack Radio still. I'm trying to get back into the flow of things and get that up and running. So hopefully, when you listen to this and you hear it and you go to search for it, I have some new episodes out. All right. Excellent. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Move Around Minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. And you can find me on my website, movearoundminute.com. So, Nick, this has been such a fun week having you back. So thank you very much for joining me. Thank you for taking the time to watch this new movie that you'd never seen before and and, and trusting me that I was giving you something good to, to, to take a look at. I was expecting to enjoy the film because the last couple films that you've had me watch for your program, I've enjoyed, but I did not expect to just fall so in love with this film and to enjoy it as much as I did. And to it truly to become something that I'm going to watch every year for sure around Christmas time, but you know, maybe around other times as well. But I, I cannot thank you enough for having this be the film to talk about so I could finally sit down and watch it. So thank And for the conversation. I always, always enjoy being on the show and the conversations and everything you bring to it. I just absolutely enjoy it. So thank you for letting me come back and, and talk about this. Always a pleasure. I, I, I love talking to you, Timmy. <laughs> thank you always fun did you, did you watch this uh movie by yourself or did, did you watch it with anybody else i watched it by myself uh and um but i want to i want to change that i think this is going to be one of those movies where i'm like hey have you seen and then i find a way to get someone to come watch the film like with me mm-hmm. okay so you're saying this is this isn't really something bethany would would be interested in saying <laughs> I well, she wants. To, I think she she is or would be because it's one of her mom's favorite films. So I think eventually she'll come around to to see this. Maybe we'll watch it this Christmas. It'll be because every year, uh, Thanksgiving Eve, uh, we watch uh, Muppet Christmas Carol, and then we'll watch it one or two more times before Christmas itself. So I feel like this will be a new one to throw in on the rotation as well. Oh, okay. I will be back on Monday with a new guest. But until then, hot dog. Hot dog. I love you truly, truly did. 
life with its sorrow, life with its tears.